Welcome. It's Saturday night. Conor McGregor is going to fight tonight. And I spent a good hour to an hour and a half this morning playing pinball in New York City at Modern Pinball because I saw on Facebook that they actually have Modern Pinballs now at Modern Pinball. They've got a Deadpool. They've got a Guardians of the Galaxy. They've got an an Aerosmith. They've got a Walking Dead. They have, I'm missing one of the new ones, an Iron Maiden. So I'm going to talk about my thoughts on the latest games from Stern Pinball and and I and I want to be honest on this podcast. Do I ever do I ever not tell you the truth about pinball? Um before we go there though, we have a few news items I want to talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. So, news item number 1. Brian Allen, you might remember Brian Allen because he is the gentleman uh, that Andrew Highway hired to upstage Oric Lawson uh, and make the alien Ellie back glass image for Highway Pinball. Do you remember that fiasco when on Alien Day, Andrew revealed the new artwork for Alien Ellie and it was a hand-drawn artist by the name of Brian Allen and it was really nice artwork. Well, it just so happens that Brian Allen on his Facebook page revealed a pinball machine project that he was working on that never saw the light of day. And that project and the image he revealed comes from Queen. And it's on his Facebook page, his his Facebook handles. You know what? I'm going to upload this image as the image for my podcast so you'll be able to see it there. But I want to read what he writes. He writes, This Queen illustration I created for an official Queen pinball machine was for something big that almost happened but ultimately fell apart. When you've been freelancing for as long as I have, you start to accumulate a big pile of almost." Best not to let those weigh you down. Just keep going and making art every day. Focus on the projects you do get and don't let the failures overshadow your success. All right. So in this image, it is really like almost as if Andrew Highway told Brian Allen to copy Dirty Donnie or sort of like create a combination of Zombie Yeti and Dirty Donnie, uh, almost like Brian Allen was becoming his very own uh, zombie, uh, you know, zombie Donnie or Dirty Yeti, whatever way you want to spin the two together. Um, I don't like this image at all. I don't even think, and I ran this by a few other artists out there in the pinball world, and I also heard that this would probably never have been approved by Queen if they saw this. I mean, Freddie Mercury looks like a donkey in this image. Uh, Brian May, they both look really weird. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this would have been a huge, huge miss. And Andrew Highway, uh, again, once again, had no idea what he was really doing. He was just trying to follow in the footsteps of things that Stern uh, was doing at the time. But ultimately, ultimately, it's probably best that this did not see the light of day. Now, the question still remains, are the pinball brothers, the people, or the, whatever the company is, the pinball people that failed to reboot Highway, they went off and the rumor was they were going to make the queen pinball machine, but we haven't heard anything from these gentlemen since they folded highway pinball. 
you know how I feel about the whole venture. Nobody is going to go in to support these guys because they basically cannot re release a new game uh, with so many people losing thousands of dollars uh, in highway pinball. And you have to factor in that they had to have used some of that highway money to restart their new venture. So I, I just think we're never going to see a queen pinball machine or hear from these gentlemen again. All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So uh, if you go into the home pin thread on pin side, it is amazing. It is amazing how Mike continues, continues to battle it out with the very people who are uh, buying his games. And someone had bought a Thunderbirds uh, and they posted on Pinside that they were having issues with it. Uh, something broke. There was some bracket that uh, broke apart. And they went on first to say like uh, they couldn't get in touch with Joe Newhart. I, I recommend you read the thread because it was kind of awesome how Joe came back and just bitch slapped this guy basically saying like, yo, bro, like you didn't buy your game from me. You bought your game from someone I sold it to. So I have no record of you buying jack shit. So when you leave me a voicemail crying like a little baby, I have no idea who you are. Um, I also think it's funny watching Wayne and, um, and Mike battle it out. I mean, if you thought sort of, uh, I'm trying to think like Donald and Hillary, if you thought any of the political shit going on in the world was heated debate, you should go read uh, Wayne versus Mike. It, it, Wayne from uh, it, Wayne is the Australian distributor out there, and, and Mike is also from Australia. And these guys, pretty much, they like legitimately. I think on a very carnal level, absolutely hate each other. All right, I want to read this. This is too funny. Um, so, Home Pin writes. Wayne, the factory, and the local distributors and the worldwide distributors are on the issues that have arisen, mostly due to transit damage. All parts required have been shipped out, and some others will be as soon as we advise of what is needed. The home pin team deal with customer issues directly with them, not via social media or public forums. Do you own a tag and need some assistance? No, I thought not, so how about you stop trying to stir up trouble? If you achieve your aim of putting HomePin out of business, how will that help owners? I seriously do not know what your beef is with HomePin, me, but how about you just give it a rest? Go back to making your own machine. Wait, you already found out how hard that is and you were copying an existing machine and using all existing mechanisms, not designing and building one from the ground up. All right, then, then Wayne chimes in with the following. And this is good. I mean, this this is like pure, un, unfiltered, just like bitch slapping. So Wayne writes, the only person copying anything is you. You copied Bally Williams parts, photos of Bally Williams parts, and you taking measurements. I didn't copy anything. I had all original parts. I have built original games and authorized thousands more. You have no idea what rights I retained in the assignment. You didn't design anything. You copied most from other manufacturers, even Data East pop bumpers and Ben Hex boards. We have problems with every 
Hankin table we sold. God help distributors with this machine. I don't want you out of business. I want you to build the machines you owe people. But at PinFest, you were overheard saying you need another 1.5 million to get another factory and more staff and only had parts for 50 games. And once returned to China, you would need to order more. You need to shut your mouth, stay in China, and get out what you have already paid for in full. Stop spending money that's not yours on flying around the world with two to three people promoting something that needs quality control and rust and metal fatigue. Spooky can do it. Why can't you? Oh, this is great, right? Then Mike responds, every bit of your post is incorrect, misleading, 100% out of context, or just plain wrong. No wonder all manufacturers avoid public forums. It just doesn't go anywhere. Well, we know that Mike is lying about some of that part being all incorrect. We know that he copied the Ben Heck boards. How do we know that? Because Ben Heck told us himself. All right, and, and if people are buying home pins games and they're breaking, then those people's claims are totally legitimate. All right, so the real question is this, is Mike out of money? Is that accusation of him needing $1.5 million to stay in business accurate and that he only has enough to build 50 games? Doesn't this sound eerily, eerily similar to Andrew Highway and Highway Pinball and how Andrew only had enough alien parts to build a small number of them and he could not afford to order more parts because he was out of money. And here we go all over again. It's the same thing. If you build a pinball factory and your first game is a piece of shit, you will go out of business midway through your second game or even midway through your inaugural games manufacturing. You will. It happened to Andrew. Andrew Highway went out of business because Full Throttle was a piece of shit and nobody wanted it. That is why he announced Alien immediately, years before he was even ready to make it, he announced it. You know why he announced it? Because he needed money. All right. It would have been like Dutch Pinball announcing that they were going to make Back to the Future Pinball in the middle of their big Lebowski debacle. And then all this Back to the Future money comes in and it, you know, it saves them some time. But that's all it does is buy them time. All right. So I fully expect Home Pin. I expect Home Pin to go out of business, not not because I know the financials of the company. I expect Home Pin to come out of go out of business because Mike is probably the worst salesman and builds the worst relationship between the pinball community and his company. So there's that. He's absolutely you know, shot himself in the foot. And then the final product, after all these years, remember Thunderbirds, four or five years in the making, at $5,000, Thunderbirds, even at that cheap, cheap price point, still, still is getting nothing but terrible reviews from people. So the word of mouth on the game is completely negative. And so for those two reasons, and those two reasons alone, I don't care if Mike says he's got two to three more games ready to go. Anybody, 
Anybody can design a pinball machine on a piece of paper. Anybody can do that. Do you have the money to fulfill the orders that people placed for your product? Do you have the money to stand behind the games you're selling? If you go read the Thunderbirds warranty, it's really interesting because in their warranty, they don't really cover much. They really don't cover much. And you have to pay as the customer. You have to pay for shipping and handling of anything that goes wrong with your machine. So when they need to send something new to you, shipping and handling is not covered by HomePin. And guess what? It's not cheap or is it fun to ship stuff to China. So on Canada's Pinball Podcast, mark my words, I think we will see HomePin out of the pinball game by 20, you know, within 2019. I was right when I called Highway and Dutch's departure in 2018. These guys, I don't think they're going to make it. All right. So speaking about companies making it, I know I've been sort of down and out on American Pinball at times and their choice of Oktoberfest as a title. Um, I want you guys to know that I got a really nice message from Nirmal, um, the sales and marketing guy over at American Pinball, and I hope to have a chat with him soon. I even hope to talk with him off the record uh, because there's some things he wanted to discuss when it comes to um, some future plans at American Pinball. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I will always, and, and don't mistake me for a bad guy because I will always lend my marketing advice and counsel to any pinball company that asks me for it. There's only been one pinball company that asked me for my advice, and that was uh, Team Pinball, the, the Mafia game people. And they were really nice. They came to me, and they showed me what they created. They showed me how much money they were going to charge. And I pretty much told them flat out, it's not going to work. No one's going to buy this game at this price. Um, you're kind of dead on arrival. But I think American Pinball is finding themselves in an interesting position because they have manufacturing capabilities. There's a world out there of a lot of different homebrew uh, projects that could see the light of day. Now, I think if they pick the right ones, and they, they, they are smart. They have seen what Spooky did with TNA. Let's not fool ourselves, people. The best Spooky pinball game ever made isn't even a spooky pinball game, okay? The best spooky pinball game ever made was made by someone outside the company in his basement, in his own time, and, and, and it out, has outsold all the other spooky games, right? Outsold them all, 500 of them. So that's more of that game than America's Most Haunted and Rob Zombie, okay? And, and, I, and again, I think Charlie is overreaching with 500 Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. I'm going to tell you right now, the reviews for Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle will not be as good as the reviews for Total Nuclear Annihilation. I think Chuck knows this. I, I just think he kind of, once again, you know, it's like just when you don't get the design right, you, it doesn't matter what else you do. It really doesn't. All right, let's go on um, to some other news, but I look forward to talking, uh, to the American pinball people about what's going on. So here's, here's a, here's a, like, are you kidding me? Sort of, it's funny, it's hilarious, but it also is so full of shit. It makes me laugh. So Jersey Jack pinball, 
Where are the Pirates of the Caribbean? Where are they? Are they are they are they shipping? Are they going out? Like it's October. There are no US customers playing the game. Uh, hardly any. Some distributors have it, but for the most part, all the games that we see on the line, who knows where they're headed, but they're not going into consumer homes. So Jersey Jack, he made a video for a pinball collector that I know. His name's Eric Katz. Eric's a funny guy. I think he's got a disease. He buys pinball machines like he buys bagels every weekend for breakfast. And it's just like every new game, he's always in the market for it. Okay, but here's the funny part. He ordered Pirates of the Caribbean one year ago. He, I think he paid in full a year ago for the game after they revealed it at Expo. All right, so he's been waiting a year. And so, of course, anyone who bought the game 12 months ago is impatient and wants their game. So Jersey Jack puts up a video on Facebook. You can go see it. I think it was on Pinball Stars page or I think even Jersey Jack's page as well. And he says like, you know, this video is for you, Eric Katz. I'm making your Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm actually, I'm standing next to your Pirates of the Caribbean right now, okay? And, and we see Jack in the assembly line. There's only one problem with Jack's video is all the games that he's standing next to only have one coin slot so those games are going to europe which means jack was effing lion now and look is it a white lie doesn't matter i i'm just saying it's just where the where are the pirates of the caribbean games can we get them can we get alice cooper's nightmare castles out the door where are these games it is amazing I can't believe we still don't have Alice Cooper, Pirates of the Caribbeans being unboxed left and right. They're coming. I don't think anyone is not going to get their game. But it's just comical how long it's taken. All right. Anything else going on in the pinball world that I've missed? Um, pinball Expo. So I know on my last podcast, I got very sort of, you know, like, what's the point of going to Expo? And I have to say, I was hit up. Uh, by a friend of the show, a friend of mine. He has an awesome podcast. It's called Special When Lit. And we were talking, and he's like, come on, man. And you know who this guy is, Ken Cromwell. Ken, thanks for reaching out. And he's like, Chris, like, I get it that Expo has, like, sucked in the past. But when you look at Expo this year, we're going to have two reveals Monster Bash and Oktoberfest. We're going to have J-Pop back in the pinball scene. Uh, we're going to have Stern and all their people there. That if you actually look at what's going to happen at Expo, in, in context of other Expos, it's going to be a good show. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought he was right. And I do agree that this is going to be a better Expo uh, than years past. And I, I think people are going to see some new games for the first time. But, but Ken, my, my only pushback, it's really just one reveal. Can you really consider Monster Bash Remake to be a reveal? Um, can you consider the Pinball Mafia game? <laughs> that game shouldn't be revealed. It, it, it shouldn't. It should, it, I, 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 I'll stop there. Um, and I don't think Stern's going to show anything new in Munster. So, uh, but Oktoberfest is an interesting one. You know, I'm curious to see if we get a fully art packaged Oktoberfest, or if we get the Whitewood 
of Oktoberfest. I don't know how, how far along this game is. I would never reveal a game as a Whitewood. So hopefully it's got all the art and bells and whistles on it. All right. Sorry, guys. Saturday night. All right. Let me talk about Deadpool and my experience with the game today. And on this podcast, and I hear it from people, you know, I talk about collectors and buying games and where you should spend your money. What I don't talk about a lot is actually playing pinball, uh, partly because there are so many podcasts out there and YouTube channels that I think do an incredible job providing you with gameplay reviews and videos and tutorials of pinball machines. Uh, it is not because I suck at pinball and I don't want to jump on a machine. I actually just uploaded a video to Facebook today. Tonight, I finally got to the holy Batman multi-ball on my Batman 66, um, where you have to complete all uh, three minor villain modes or seasons, and that unlocks that mode. Super fun. Super awesome. Brenda recorded it. I'm not as bad as you think at pinball. So I went down to Modern Pinball today, and I wanted to play Deadpool the most. And they had Deadpool, Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Iron Maiden, and Aerosmith were the ones, you know. The ones I was most interested in were the two newest Sterns, which were Iron Maiden and Deadpool. And I really wanted to spend as much time as I could on both those machines. So I played them for about an hour. And they were both pro versions of the machines. And I want to give you my... Um, feelings after playing both those games. I also want to talk a little bit about how challenging it is to just review pinball in general. And, you know, there's about 30, 40 machines at Modern Pinball, and all of them are in various states of, you know, some are some have been around for years, some are brand new. And when you play pinball, it's really hard to get a machine uh, working 100% because once you're on location, we know stuff happens. But I, I'll say this, Deadpool and Iron Maiden at Modern Pinball, they felt brand new. So I want to I talk about those two games. And, I, you know, here's how I, I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. And I want to say that after spending a lot of time on Deadpool, I just don't understand why people in this hobby are buying these games. I really don't. It's not because it's not like fun on a pinball level, but the lack of stuff in this game, it just it, it's just mind-boggling to me that's, that people are paying $9,000 for Deadpool LEs when there's just so little in the game. It's, it's like I literally, I, I can't get over it anymore. I really can't get over where I think Stern is now at with pinball, and I really do, I think it's at a level now where they literally are, it's like you're playing a movie poster of Deadpool with a few things here and there to do, but like, there is like, there's like zero toys in the game. I mean, is, is the ball lock on the sword considered a toy? I mean, there's really not much to hit in the game. And I, I just couldn't help but feel like this is just, I, I'm just sort of, I've given up being excited about these modern Sterns because I, I just don't see the, like any, any ambition in these titles anymore at all.
I really don't. I, I really do. I think they've like fallen back on the screen and on the artwork and and especially in Deadpool. It's like it's like Zombie Yeti's art. It is amazing, but it's like there's just like so much in this like open play field and I don't know, like, do you ever see the ball do anything interesting in Deadpool? And I have to say, like, the right orbit shot that's supposed to lock the ball on the sword, um, you know, the, the sword habit trail or, or sword, you know, ramp, um, it, it, it worked, like, maybe half the time, um, you know, but again, like, it's a cool shot. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's an interesting shot, but it's not nearly... It's not nearly as satisfying as locking uh, the backhanded shot in Lord of the Rings. You know, it's just, up, you know, locking on Aragorn's sword. And there's just, I, you know, there, there's a disconnect happening now for me too. There really is. There's just a disconnect between the screen and the gameplay. I, I just feel like things are just becoming non-sequitur in these stern games. Like, the, I, I don't know, like, what world... I'm supposed to be paying attention to now anymore either with some of these games like there's all this art but then you're like in Deadpool's den and he, he you know he's you're, you're then you just start a mode and you're battling people but like I you're not really looking up when you're battling people you're the whole time you're looking down and so you're really just you know you're hitting shots but I, I think deep down I just felt like none of these shots are like that rewarding and this would get really old really fast and but then i then i see people on pin side like saying this game is amazing and saying like how incredible it is and saying how beautiful the le is and how deadpool is putting iron maid into shame and and this is their new favorite pin in the house and the kids are playing nothing but deadpool and i walked away from the machine and i really just sort of shrugged my shoulders and and was just kind of like I don't really know what you want in this hobby anymore. I don't know what compels people to buy these games anymore. I really don't. I, I really think people's expectations and what it takes to get people to buy a pinball machine nowadays is so low that it's, it's, it's almost like why would Stern put more into these games? Why would Stern make these games more complex and more mechanically interesting when you're buying this? Literally this. Like, there is no way that Stern could turn that Deadpool Pro into something that would be worth $9,000. I'm just sorry. There's like, there's no other, there's not really much else in it. There's like a diverter, a a, a little disco ball that a light shines on and and what else like and then just drop targets on the left and right i mean i i'm not understanding why we are now running to some of these games i mean i guess i know why is because nothing else is ever, ever available and a lot of you guys have a lot of money and you get bored of games but i literally don't understand what you saw when you jumped on a Deadpool that made you say, like, this game is great. I'm going to spend between $5,500 and $9,000 on this. Please, will somebody, like, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com? Will somebody come on the show who has a Deadpool and explain to me 
why you were impressed by this game. What about this game made you say, take my money now? Uh, I really would love to know, okay? So that being said, I kind of walked away from the game just feeling like it's just another like basic stern. Like it, it, it to the point now too where I don't know about you guys, but I'm also getting desensitized to the artwork. I really don't care about all the levels of detail that like Zombie Yeti puts into the game anymore because if the game's not magical and the game doesn't have a lot of great stuff going on, who cares that there's like just art sitting there not doing anything? You know, I, 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 I think art is the final icing on the cake of an incredible design, an incredible layout of incredible toys, incredible mechs. But when the focus is so much on just like this wide open artistic play field, I, I, it bores me. It doesn't make me excited. It really doesn't. Um, I'm sorry, but it's like so one dimensional too. Like it's not exciting, you know. And and so then I went and I played Iron Maiden. Now Iron Maiden is a game that I know a lot of you love. I know it's a game that's very polarizing. I know it's a game where like if you don't like Iron Maiden music, it's probably a hard game to own. And I'd played Iron Maiden a few times, and and I have to say like going from Deadpool to Iron Maiden was was really eye-opening, really, really eye-opening, because I've been hearing people say on Pinside that they consider Deadpool to be way more fun than Iron Maiden, and they also like, uh, you know, in their house, in their home collection, Deadpool's getting all the plays and Iron Maiden's not. And again, I think the Deadpool theme for a lot of people is a lot more appealing than Iron Maiden if you're not an Iron Maiden fan. But here's the thing, here's the thing. The layout and the design of Iron Maiden is worlds and leagues above Deadpool. I just think the design on Maiden is so much more interesting and and what's going on in the game is a lot more unique and and unprecedented and never been done before with like the shots. Like it just feels like a very original designed game. Uh, and it feels like everything is there for a purpose. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like stuff was just stuck there. Like when I played Deadpool, all the shots to like the left side of the game, they just they just feel like they're stuck there. They're, they're, there's like no rhyme or reason to most of it. It just feels like, all right, well we got some room here, so let's put this little loop here. Let's put a scoop here. Let's. But it just doesn't feel like that interesting like they couldn't put like a chimichanga truck that where the doors open up at the back and you shoot the ball in and that's how it locks and the doors open up and the balls come out you know i just again like there's just like so little in it and then maiden to me is like one of the most incredible like designs that we we've seen in a long time and i think people will echo that sentiment it's a really fun game to shoot. It's really, uh, you know, it, it, you can get into this rhythm where you're hitting the loops, and I was hitting the loops, and, you know, you got the center ramp, and you're you're locking the ball, and it, it, you're, it's kind of intuitive what to do, and, and I like that about Iron Maiden. Um, I do think my problem with Maiden is what's going on on the screen. Again, it just feels so like non sequitur to what's happening in the game. Even even down to like the 
the art style on the LCD is so much different than the art style in the game, and I'm never really sure what to do in the game. I, I mean, I have a big problem with a lot of new pinball games. It's like when you walk up to all these games, it's not very intuitive what to do on any of them. And so, you know, that's always an issue that I have. But I'll say this. I think Iron Maiden would have been one of the greatest games ever. What's lacking in it, and again, I, it's got almost everything. It just needs like a toy or two. I mean, the game just needs a toy or two. There's just, there's nothing in it, very much like Deadpool. There's no moment where you see that toy do that thing or the ball goes into that area and then something happens. There's just something you wish more in Maiden. Like, it just needs like a bash toy. It needs something that just makes it come alive a little bit more. Something that just has more, you know, like nothing moves really on the play field. I know on the LEs and the premiums, the sarcophagus like has some movement where it locks. But, you know, you're in a pinball machine. Like there's this world below you and what, you can't make something swoop from left to right. You, you can't make a ball move from left to right with magnets. You can't have like something happening that just feels fun, you know? And, 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 and again, like that's my takeaway of, of like these two machines. I think Stern Pinball is at a place now where the only thing I want to see them do next, the only thing, and I hope we see this in the Munsters, is I hope we see some mechanical magic make its way back into these games. I mean, it's not just me saying this. It looks, these games are starting to look embarrassingly empty. And they're $9,000. I mean, it is unbelievable that you could put a Pirates of the Caribbean next to a Deadpool LE and they're the same price. And it leads me, to, this is why like I walked home with my shoulders shrugged and I'm like, I don't even understand this hobby anymore. Are people just this stupid? And are they, they'll just buy stuff that just like, like I, I, I don't get you. I, and when I say you, I mean you the listener who runs after all of these new games. Like why are we supporting and why are we giving our hard-earned money to companies that aren't doing anything ambitious or really creative? We, it, it leads me almost to believe that we should support the alternative to the company that just feels like, you know, they're not making things uh, that are like that innovative. And look, it's hard for me to like say this because it feels like I'm bashing Stern, doesn't it? It does. And I, and I want to play devil's advocate to my own points. Is that Stern Pinball sells thousands of pinball machines a year around the world. They bring some of the most incredible themes in pinball into people's homes, into barcades, and into countries around the world. And they do it consistently. And to do that, to keep pinball alive in 2018, they've had to, you know, scale back on a lot of the stuff that breaks and is difficult and expensive. And they needed to make pinball machines um, much more feasible and profitable 
to do what they do. Because if Stern went away, pinball pretty much goes away. They, they would, it's like the Titanic sinking. Everyone else is in these little rinky-dink rowboats around the big ship. When the big ship sinks, you know, it creates that suction in the ocean and everything gets sucked down with it. And that's what would happen if Stern collapsed. So the devil's advocate in me is like, well, Chris, give them a break. They are doing what no one else can even attempt to do. You know, Jersey Jack can't even get one game built. He showed it a year ago, and he still can't get it built and sent out in volume. Spooky Pinball's not trying to do anything in volume. Spooky doesn't really count in the conversation. Nobody, the only other people that are like going to be able to give you magical pins, you know, they went under. Highway went under. Dutch went under. You know, what American Pinball hasn't delivered like the game yet that everyone wants. Hopefully they get there. Jersey Jack, same thing. They haven't really delivered the magic that everyone wants from them. So Stern's really it. Uh, and they don't really have to do much more because no one else has an alternative. So that's where I think the hobby's at. And I think it's in a I think it's in a weird place. Like you could look at it like this is the golden age of pinball, but I look at it like I don't know, like it's the it's the golden age for Stern. Do you really think these machines are costing Stern that much money per machine? Stern is making a fortune on premiums and LEs now. I mean, these games now, these the pros look like they have less in it than Stern games had in them uh, in 2008. Ten years ago, Stern games had way more in them and were like $3,500. I bet you a Stern Pro is costing Stern somewhere like $2,500 to make. I, or $3,000. I would love for them to give us specifics, but I bet you they are making a killing on these games. And then meanwhile, everyone else like Charlie and American Pinball and Jersey Jack, they can barely make $500 to $1,000 a game. And Stern's probably making thousands a game and selling thousands of them. So it's very, very good for them. But I think it's not very, very good uh, in terms of if it, were, if it were all to stop and we were to like fast forward 20 years and you look back at these games, I, I just, I just here's, here's my wish. I just want every new Stern to be the best game that they've ever made. I want it to be like Porsche, the way every new car is everything they know to date, and they put it into each new 911. And so each new 911 is better than the one before it. And when you look at Stern pinball games, can you honestly say that every new game feels like a step forward above the games before it? No, it doesn't feel anything like that. And it, I, I know there's different designers, but even so, do you feel like Steve Ritchie's games at Stern, are, they just keep getting better? No, they keep getting worse, right? George Gomez's games, do they keep getting better? Do you, no. Do you think Deadpool is better than Lord of the Rings, than Monster Bash, right? I mean, uh, Batman 66 is like a combination of two games. At least they put innovation into Batman. Um, all right, so that's my point, is we're at this place now where, I, I don't know, I'm like not that excited I'm only excited, I'm telling you this, I'm being truthful. I'm really only excited in the next like six months to see what Deep Root does. Because I, I just think like, 
look, watch it. Munsters is going to come out. And if you think it's not going to look like every other Stern with a lower play field and it's going to have all this magical stuff, like, I hope it does. Don't get me wrong. I hope it does. But what leads you to believe it will? Really, what leads you to believe it will? Like, Beatles reskinned Sea Witch. They're going to take something that is not even original and start to charge you like $10,000 for it. There's probably so little R&D time that has to go into a reskin versus a blank slate. And yet you'll probably buy it. And the more I see people buying these games, the more I just walk away, shrug my shoulders and say, you know what? You could just put like sexy art, some blinking lights, and some stuff on a screen and charge $9,000 and say you're only going to make 400 of them and people will buy it. And that's pinball. That's pinball. But the door is open. Are you listening, Deep Root? Are you listening, American Pinball? Are you listening, Jersey Jack? Are you listening, Chicago Gaming Company? Are you listening? The door to Stern's vulnerability it's kind of open. Even as I'm about to say it, I'm like, well, nobody's going to be able to manufacture at the volume because everyone else would sink. So let's say like Deep Root makes the most amazing Back to the Future game and like 5,000 orders fly in from around the world. How are they ever going to make 5,000 pinball games? Same is true with American Pinball. That's the problem. Oh, it sucks. It sucks. Why can't you just make better games, Stern? Why? You've got the manufacturing down to a fucking science. But why can't that army of people making these games, why can't you give your designers more bomb? Why can't you do it? I bet there are so many arguments at Stern Pinball between the designers and the, the financial dudes. I bet there are so many creative disputes because you can't tell me that Steve Ritchie's happy with the way Star Wars looked in the end. You can't tell me like Borg is happy with the way Guardians of the Galaxy is when he thought he was designing another game and you flip it on him. You can't tell me Elwin was happy that you yanked out toys from Archer. You can't tell me that these designers can't go further. When you've got a humongous company that can R&D almost anybody's creative idea into something real, you can't tell me that they're happy with where these games are netting out. And Stern, I'll tell you this right now. I don't mind spending nine to $15,000 on a Stern game, but just make it fucking worth it. Make it fucking worth it. Art and trim and toppers, bunch of bullshit. And Jack, Jersey Jack, I love you, brother. Stop fucking shooting your feet off with every game. Fucking get it right. You have so much more time to focus on just one title. And it's almost like you find new ways to fucking fuck it up. Stop. Make Willy Wonka and Toy Story and Guns N' Roses fucking amazing and make them fucking standard size cabinets, Jack. For fuck's sakes. Stop. All right. Everyone, have a good weekend. But do me a favor. Take a, take a long look in the mirror. 
If you bought a Deadpool or Deadpool LE, take a long look in the mirror. If you're a guy that buys like two new in-box games a year, take a, take a deep look in the mirror. Look into your own eyes and say to yourself, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you buying these games so quickly when there's like when there most of them are going in the wrong direction? You know, someone put up a a Tales of the Arabian Nights Hep restored for eleven thousand dollars and it sold immediately. So go tell me that Toad in is a stupid, boring game that no one wants to play or own. People would if if Stern coded Toad in if if Lyman Sheets coded Tales of the Arabian Nights. It would be the greatest pinball machine of all time, bar none. I think Toadin's got a more interesting layout than Adam's Family and a lot of other games. I think it's the greatest like design, one of the greatest designs ever. If Lyman Sheets coded it, let's talk. Let's talk about it, all right? Let's talk about that, all right? All right. That's what you want. My last point, then I'm letting you go. The most fun I had today at Modern Pinball. And I went to Dialed In. I went to Adam's Family. I went all over the horn. I went all the Sterns. They even had Wheel of Fortune. I had so much fun. You know me. I love the world under glass. I had so much fun playing Star Trek The Next Generation. Can we talk about, holy fuck, world under glass, so much in that game, call-outs from the actors. What I love about Star Trek is they had to bring the Star Trek world to life and they had just a little DMD, right? They didn't, have, they didn't have the ability to show clips from all the shows and the movies and everything was happening below you. But that game with the fucking, like the, the looping ramp and, the, and like the, the, the two cannon shots, uh, you know, above the flippers, uh, the, you know, you've got like four, you got like four flippers in that game. It's fucking incredible incredible imagine lyman sheets coding that game right then you walk over to stern star trek i mean are you fucking kidding me and here's the crazy part people spend more money people pay more money for star trek le by stern than 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 a good condition star trek the next generation i mean fuck fuck me fuck us you got everyone like what are we fucking doing what are we doing Put the world back under that fucking glass and make it magical. I want to see the ball do cool shit. I don't care about scoring in tournaments and all that garbage. That is ruined pinball. Make the game fun. Make it fun to get through the modes and the chapters to get to the final battle. Uh, that's all I care about. I don't give a shit about my score in Batman. I've got goals that I want to achieve, and that's when pinball becomes great. All right. That's it. A special edition, Saturday night, Canadian Pinball Podcast. Take it or leave it. If you agree or disagree, shoot me an email at canadapinball at gmail.com. Tell me to shut up. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me, you know, come on. I know you listen to this podcast, people over at Stern. I mean, what other podcasts are you going to listen to? The other podcasts where everyone just tells you all your shit is great. Well, let me tell you something, Chico's. It's not all great. You could do so much more. And let me tell you guys, you Stern designers that listen to this podcast, you know your games can be better because you wanted them to be better and they took the money away from you, all right? Because they know they can just slap some fancy art on and the shit's going to sell, all right? Let's hit at gmail.com. Later, Nitz. Surrender,